Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So I want to paint a picture for our, our listeners here. Like a Bob Ross with like some a, happy trees. With some happy trees. I, I want to grow up my hair and... Make that mustache real bushy. I love it. Just for you. Just a happy so here's a picture. Here's a picture I'm drawing. With a happy little cloud. With the happy, the happy little... Wasn't he from the Midwest? I don't know, was he? I assume so. You're painting a picture. I'm painting a picture right. of Bob Ross. No. <laughs> I painted a picture of this evening that we just had, mm-hmm. uh, in which you made a delightful meatloaf for myself and our brother. Hashtag not that good. Go on. It was, it was very tasty, and as were the potatoes uh, and the bread that I brought. So um, it was it was delightful, and then we spent the rest of it watching watching YouTube videos. Yeah, gathered around the TV <laughs> like the days of old, around the warmth of the light of the television, <laughs> the light of the flat screen, watching baby pandas attempting to turn over barrels of leaves. It was really? lovely. It was very cute. It was very cute. And Maru, the Japanese cat that and didn't fit into any box. Very cute. Yes. So cute. Cuteness like this I needed because of last week's book. Yeah, <laughs> it was really depressing. I needed a, I needed a cleanser. I needed a, a palate cleanser, if you will, to get all the, the racism out of... Because the last three books we've done so, have all had a theme. Yeah. Yeah, a thing in common. Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted to get away from that this week, you know? Okay. I wanted to... Oh, but before we do that, uh, who the heck am I? You are Betsy Burke. Am I? You are. That's awesome. Who, who are you? Who, who, am, I? who am I? Oh, you're, you're, you're Kate Ramsey. I am. You are. <laughs> and and we, we do a thing here on the podcast. What do we do? We talk. We do do that. <laughs> I cannot deny that. We talk about children's books and that... whether we think they should be classics or not based on your knowledge of children's literature yes. and my knowledge of... Hey, what's that? That's shiny. Yes! <laughs> Which is very akin to an actual child. See? That's how we do it. Thanks, Betsy. That's our thing. Hey, I'm telling I'm saying you have a childlike innocence about you. Okay. Many would take that as a compliment. I'm an orderly. You're the chaos. <laughs> you're the orderly. I'm the, I'm the orderly. Chaosly mom, and you're the orderly child. Yes. That actually is a lot like my life. Yeah. So, yes, that fits. Speaking um, of which, chaos and order. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna wait until the letter section, but if you want to bring that up now, all right, let me, I let do. me bring that up I now. I do because it's so. You cool. offered, you offered a challenge. Yeah, we had a previous, previous episode where uh, you said that uh, there's a everyone is like a chaos muppet mm-hmm. or an order muppet. This is science, by the way. And you said you're chaos, and I said I'm order because I'm very organized. Actually, I said I was order, but then you convinced me I was chaos. Yeah, no, and, you're chaos. Uh, and, <laughs> right. And then I wanted an illustrator out there. To put together a, a picture of you being the chaos Muppet and me being the orderly Muppet with a mohawk. At the time that you offered this challenge, I knew of only one illustrator who regularly listens to this podcast. Um, and I was, I was pretty sure he wasn't going to do it. Um, but I, had, I did not know that another illustrator had listened. An illustrator who is 
so sweet and so nice and so kind. Um, and I'm just going to say her name because that's how I roll. Uh, Andrea Sarumi. Andrea Sarumi, who you may know, listeners, from last year's 2017's magnificent picture book, Accident. If you have not read Accident, shame. 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 shame, shame. I'm, you can't see it. It's radio, but I'm, I'm doing like the shame symbol with the one finger, sort of like making a, a, a like, what would you call this? Uh, you're brushing your index fingers on top of each other. Right. So that to you <laughs> for not reading Accident I've never by Andrew. That's, I'm not counting you. I'm talking to them. <laughs> you're a different breed of creature. I don't count. That you don't count. Maybe we'll do that book someday um, by Andrea Sarumi because she's fantastic. And so she made an image of uh, myself as a Chaos Muppet and Kate as an Order Muppet. I am all about that. You know that. what she did? I'm the Ernie and you're the Bert. I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with that too. I mean, a bottle cap collection? Yeah. Well, see, as a child. Pigeons? Okay. The weird thing is, as a child, I really sympathized with Bert. But somewhere in my life, I switched paths and became the Ernie. And I don't know how that happened. Uh, But it did happen, and I accept my fate. So we're going to put that up on the old show notes uh, for the podcast for y'all to see. Thank you, Andrea. That was magnificent. So thank you very much. Um, And today's book is actually rather magnificent as well, because I wanted something lighter. I wanted something. Thank you. Not racist for a change. Oh, I'm done with like social issues. Oh yeah, the worst. No, I figured the way to go this year, uh, this day, was to have a child be eaten. Because um, I thought that was a good palate cleanser. That's a that's a way I'm to. Sorry, did you just move say on. a child be eaten? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eaten. Is there a consumed a by another being? Problem with that. You have a like problem one with... limb at a time, oh, or no, all no, at no, once? Oh no 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 no! Not by another person. That would be disgusting. Ah. No, by a, by a critter. A critter. A big old critter. A monster? Uh, no, more like a more like a feline critter. A cat. A big cat. Okay, so a kid gets eaten by a cat. Big big cat. Think big cat. What kind? Of, what kind of big cat would would Tiger, eat? Tiger, lion. Go lion! Bada bing! Bada bing! So I went to my library, where they had a bunch of these little books, and uh, all of them were there except this one. But, 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 but. All of them were there? I mean, there's, it's a series? Oh, there were four of them all together. Okay. Back in the day. Uh, they were called the Nutshell Library. Isn't that adorable? Oh. And they were these little books. Um, they were made in even smaller editions than the one that I was owning. Uh, but in any case, could not find it. Uh, so... I had to come to you empty-handed, but happily, there is a video of the book being sung by Carol Kane, uh, with some, I hesitate to say it, but with some animations. Liar! Liar! I Carol Kane. Oh, I know. Okay. Okay, it wasn't Carol Kane, it was Carol King, actually. Oh. Um, that's, that's di- my, there was a big difference there. Yeah. I've never heard Carol Kane sing, uh. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, Carol King. I'm sorry. I I misspoke. Of of the uh, new musical Beautiful, right? It's all about her. Yes! Yes. Very good call. Yes. The Tony Award winning musical Beautiful. Yes. Right. Um, But long before that, she did a television special uh, that adapted all the books in the Nutshell Library as well as a couple others. 
And here is the book that you will be doing today. Pierre. Bye. Maurice Sendak. He's back! Maurice Sendak is back! We've done two Sendaks so far. We've done Outside Over There and we've done In the Night Kitchen. We have not done the biggest one and we're not doing it today, baby! Because nope. we're gonna do this little itty bitty teeny book called Pierre. Okay. The story of a boy who I've kind of given away the, the crux of the book, but that's okay. So what you're gonna do is you're just gonna take this and you're gonna you're gonna watch a little old video and then I'm gonna show you some art from it as well because I had to do have some art and then we're gonna talk about that thing. Okay. Sounds like a plan. While Kate puts the lie to this entire podcast by watching a video rather than reading a book, I'm so sorry. I couldn't find it anywhere. It's tiny. I'm gonna give you a little background information on the book itself. So here's the deal. In Selma Jean Lane's fantastic book, through the Looking Glass, Further Adventures and Misadventures in the Realm of Children's Literature, there is a particularly amusing portion where Miss Lanes takes issue with how Maury Sendak chose to illustrate lions. Put simply, she didn't think that he drew them particularly well. Not in Circus Girl, not in Higgledy Piggledy Pop, and not even in Pierre, though she acknowledges... The Lion in His Nutshell Library, Volume Pierre, 1962, suffers the same lion suit syndrome, but being a broader rendition is less obtrusive. Thanks, Selma. And you're back. I am bonjour. Bonjour. Ça va? Ça va bien, merci. Et toi? Comme c'est comme ça. And therein begins and ends the entire... Amount of French we learned in high school. Moi aussi. Oh, bien, <laughs> bien. Is there another way to say good? We don't know. I do know that he constantly was saying je ne sais pas, right? Or is that uh, I don't know? I just I don't know. Oh, well, I, I don't, don't know what I don't care. What's don't the French know. word for care? Do they have one? Je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do another French. No. Well, that's fine because I got a description that is not our normal description. This one's a little more a little more high and mighty. This one's a little more haughty. Uh, so I think I need something a little haughty. I think something a little, uh, a little upper class, but maybe even, not even upper class, like, uh, I don't know if this is the word, professorial? Even when the hungry lion comes to pay a call, Pierre won't snap out of his ennui. Every child has one of these days sometimes. Mix in a stubborn nature, a touch of apathy, and a haughty pout, and they can turn noxious. Parents make a jaw, scold, bribe, threaten, all to no avail. When this mood strikes, the Pierres of the world will not budge, even for the carnivious king of beasts. Created by one of the best-loved author-illustrators of children's books, Maurice Sendek, this 1962 cautionary tale is hardly a diatribe against children who misbehave. Still, by the end of this lilting, witty story, most children will take the moral... care... <laughs> to heart. Pierre's downward-turned eyebrows, his parents' pleading faces, and the lion's almost sympathetic demeanor as he explains that he will soon eat Pierre, 
Make the package perfect. So what did you think? I have a question. Okay, shoot. Uh, it's a two-part question. Okay, part one. Part one. How old is Madeline? Ooh, six, right? Six or seven? Yeah, I mean, they don't really necessarily say, but we can safely assume, sure, six. And uh, Pierre, how old is he? Oh, I'd say eight. Really? I don't know why I'd say eight. Is there anything in this book that really defines his age? He never wears shoes, so hard to say. Uh, I just think uh, Pierre and Madeline are made for each other. Really? I Gosh, both, I disagree. Both brats and both belong in a horrible place okay. together. Admittedly, both <laughs> of them show no fear of large felines. True. One says poo Because they're both idiots. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Madeline's was safely behind bars in a zoo, so I'm going to give her the point on this one. Uh, it I... didn't walk into her home and actually say the actual words, I'm going to eat you. Yeah, but Pierre, oh my gosh, he bothers me so much. Oh, he is meant to bother you. Yeah. You're not supposed to like him. But I also am bothered by the parents. Oh, yeah. Because they can't seem to discipline him, so they just no. leave him. The mom's slightly worse than the dad. Though the but dad... No, no, no. no the, right. the dad is like, get off this chair. Yeah. Stop being upside down. Mm-hmm. And Pierre's like, I don't care. And the father's like, well, well I've run out of my all the yeah, tricks I, in my bag. I don't know what <laughs> I else got to say. Yeah. You win. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was I was sure that my offer for to let you fold the folding chair was going to make you like, first of all, that is the worst reward I could think of. Like, you know, if you get off it, I'll let you fold it. It's like, yeah, that's not, I'm not blaming Pierre on that one. So can't you say then that his behavior is directly linked to the negligence of his own parents? To what extent is he responsible for his own actions? I don't know. I'm not a parent, but oh, okay. I blame both. Yeah, sure. <laughs> As well you might. I blame the parents for not disciplining well, mm-hmm. and I blame the kid for being a brat. So here's my question to he's you. purposefully being a brat. He knows what oh, he's yeah, doing. Oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Completely. So... But this is what I don't understand. So the parents are like, okay, we don't know what to do, so we're just going to leave him while we go to town. Right? Yeah, to town. Which yeah. makes me think, okay, they must be in the country or something. Or the suburbs. Something. I'm thinking the suburbs, but yeah. So where the heck did this lion come from? Oh, you know, French lions are just a thing, right? I mean, did the, they neighbor, the, did the neighbor have a lion that just decided to come into the house? Because the kid didn't leave the house. No, the kid never left the house. That's the so thing. So do they live in the jungle? Yeah, the lesson of this book is that clients don't live in the jungle. But the, <laughs> the lesson... Yeah. Well, they don't live in the suburbs. Well, they live in the suburbs as much as they live in the jungle. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't really. I mean, the lesson of the book is clearly not don't leave your home, kids, because it just comes on in. There are so many books about home invasions by felines it suddenly has occurred to me oh like cat in the hat the cat in the hat that darn cat waltzes through the front door we haven't even done that one yet but you know enough to know that i the still cat think that in. that might actually be a figment of the kid's imagination oh boy okay we're, right, we're gonna is... have to do that one soon though we just did our colonialism unit all right that's fine we'll, we'll do it it'll be extra credit yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so my question was, okay, where did this lion come from? But you know what? It ain't the lion's fault. I don't blame the lion. Really? The lion's like the hero of this book. The lion's incredibly sympathetic. 
There, I read something somewhere that said it has the most sympathetic eyebrows. Yeah, I mean, the, the lion's like, kid, I'm trying to, like, give you an out here. Yeah. You don't have to be eaten. And no, kid, and no, I like, am giving you every possible opportunity to and, simply say, don't well, eat me. And in the video, the kid opens the Yeah, well, the man is a little different. He doesn't do that in the actual book. In the book, though, he is sort of like, Mrr. and the lion is like, look, I gave him every possible Yeah. Yeah, opportunity. I mean, he here. chose his fate here. He chose his fate. And yes, Multiple in the video, times. he actually like opens the mouth and like literally does a pirouette into the mouth, which yeah, he does the, not do in the book. And the lion we don't kind of... know how he does it in the book because in the book, it's like the one shot, see the lion next to lion next to Pierre, and then the next shot is just just the lion. Okay. Well, they, I don't. They had to show it somehow, and I figured that they. I guess they figured. Well, we gotta make it the least violent method possible. It's not so. fair that the parents started hitting the lion when they came With the home. folding chair. Yeah, that's not cool. That is a I classic call, wrestling move. That's animal abuse. It's called the folding chair. I'm gonna move. call PETA. PETA's gonna be all over Maury's side. Alright, as a mother, <laughs> lion walks into my house. This is my property. So what I do on my property, defending my home, is legal. And it just ate my child. Yeah, the folding chair is the least of that. Maybe I'm the, getting a carving knife, no, and I'm pulling a little I, old red riding hood. I think the lion did the parents a favor. You know, they can start again. Yeah. <laughs> They're still young. <laughs> they, exactly. <laughs> that mom didn't look too old. <laughs> Maybe they'll get a girl this time I who does care. Yeah, you know? name Madeline. Who's not a brat. Oh, right. my gosh. Ah, <gasps> what oh. if they made Madeline? Yeah, I'm saying. Oh. I'm seeing a little family resemblance in the eyes. Oh, my gosh. That's the worst. <laughs> She's a redhead, though, and they're not redheads, so I don't know. Well, that could would have come from the uh, grandparents. Oh, so. that's right. Recessive gene. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> anyway, so the, they take the doc, the lion to a doctor. I love the doctor. Who shakes him upside down. Hey, dude, if the method works, who are we to question his method? <laughs> obviously, this is not a veterinarian. And obviously... No. No, true. And obviously there's some sort of magic happening because he's flipping over and shaking like a 500-pound lion. Doesn't he kind of look like Mr. Magoo? Uh, the nose Like a really smaller. strong Mr. Magoo? Yeah, he's ridiculously small like and he's ridiculously strong. This guy works out and he's been waiting for an opportunity to shake a lion upside down for He's not a vet. He's not a licensed veterinarian. That's no, for sure. No, that is clear. Well, they didn't take him to the vet. Just a do- well, they took. Doctors? They rushed... The lion to into town. The doctor yeah. shook him up and down. Yeah. Yes. Vets are doctors. I suppose that's true. Yeah. I suppose that's true. It could be. I think in the book there may be a shot of the hospital very briefly, but maybe not. Maybe not. We know it's a doctor wearing a white coat. Yeah. So he shakes. So you know he knows what he's doing because he's got a white coat. Right. So he shakes the lion. Mm-hmm. Pierre falls out, and the lion is like, "Hey, man, you just probably went through something. I'm guessing it was like traumatic." Uh, let me give you a hand or a paw. I'll give you a, a, a ride home if that's if you want. It is cool. And uh, and the kid's like, yeah, I care. Yeah, I care. I do want to ride. Well, he I just do wants, want to ride. He just home. wants to ride in the back Christmas of the lion. Christmas has been saved. <laughs> I don't I don't recall that in the text. But... <laughs> and was... his heart grew two sizes that's too big. <laughs> pretty sure Sendek was Jewish. But, uh... <laughs> Sure. Why, yeah, why not? Yeah. I don't get it. So all of a sudden, because he faced... So he cares... Well, he, he, look, he saw his own death. He yeah. realized so he he's faced, not dead. So he faced death. Yeah, in the, he looked it in the eye. And lived. And lived to tell the tale. And now he cares. He has a new lease on life. That's all it took. That's all it took. A so near-death experience can is change that, a person's life. Is game. that the right discipline that should be done 
two kids. Maybe an extreme Pierre-like cases. Maybe put a little fear of God in them. Yeah, maybe not. That's, I don't know. I'm not a parent. I say it. Yeah, I don't, uh, I wouldn't advocate near-death experiences as a method of parenting and discipline, but, uh, but who, it I mean, isn't, isn't that what, uh, you know, sending your kid off to the army essentially was, right? Or it's, boot camp, yeah. Boot camp, yeah. Boot camp is a, you know, it's a scare tactic. It's a scare tactic. Yeah. It's the, it's the modern equivalent of having the and lion for a child. Yes. So... so if your care, if your kid is full of ennui and can't care about anything... There's just so many... bring in a friendly who for all we know the parents hired the lion oh i mean we don't know you're saying where's this lion coming from i'm thinking they seem pretty i mean it could be so they wait, were... they're bringing in the big guns because they can't do their own well work. i'm saying they bring in the lion i'm not saying they hired the lion to eat the kid i'm saying they brought the lion and they're like look the kid's a total brat why don't you just go in there you know scare him a little threaten to eat him threaten to eat him it'll be cool so the lion goes in there and then pierre calls his bluff right so he, the lion's like, I'm going to eat you. And Pierre's like, I you know don't what? care. Maybe the lion's like a vegetarian. Yeah. That because would explain why he gets so sick. Exactly. Yeah. His body, because if you have, if you have meat rejected. in a while, yeah. then meat can make you. So he was not intending to eat Pierre at They point. found the one vegetarian lion yep. mm-hmm. in all yep. the town. Yep. <laughs> Occasionally fish, but he doesn't like to count that. Right. Yeah. And and then uh, uh, and they thought that he, they were safe. And then they come in and... The what? The one vegetarian lion they found, and he ate their son? I'd hit him over the head with a folding chair myself. We had a deal! We had a deal! <laughs> I don't know. I, uh... Well, they do come in, they first, they don't even assume that he's eating them. They just see him in the bed, and they're like, where is Pierre? Right. And then the lion says, I don't not, care. Not, why is there a lion in our house? Exactly! They were but... a little too comfortable with that lion, I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, so they did it's, hire They him. hired the lion. Yeah. I think that's what we can assume. Well, I, you know, I'm all on the lion's side. I, the he's lion... the, of all four characters, he's the one, well, five, if you count the doctor. <laughs> I kind of like the doctor. Right. The, <laughs> Team doctor! The, the, the weirdly strong, quote-unquote, doctor. I'm saying, it's like a man Dr. Doolittle, gets results. You know? he's, a, he's a Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> he's a Dr. Doolittle. He is a Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. And uh, though he does so much, this is a, this book has so many problems. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's got to. It's so you heard you heard the version with the song. Yeah, which will never leave. Yeah, it your just head. did. It just left my head. Oh no! I don't need it back. There once Stop, was a boy named Pierre. You shut your mouth. La 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 la. So this was but one of many songs created by by lovely Miss Carol. King. Not Carol Kane like you thought. Silly Kate. Hi, you I'm not the witch, I'm your wife. <laughs> not her. Oh. Uh, no, she created a, a, a made-for-television show called Really Rosie, which the Kalamazoo Civic Youth Theater put on oh. when I was but a lass. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I don't know how you would, because I was pretty young myself. Yeah. But they, it's a combination of this book as well as alligators all around, chicken soup with rice, which I have misspelled here as chicken soup with Rick. <laughs> that sounds like a really good, like, like a Saturday morning NPR radio show. <laughs> good morning. And it's chicken soup with your host, Rick. So the intro music would be like, eating chicken soup with Rick. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> um, one was Johnny and, of course, Pierre. And these were all characters in the show, um, as well as some additional additional books and additional songs uh, that went around with it, um, which was turned into stage shows for 
young people to perform around the country don't seem to be performed as much today, much to my chagrin. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I, but I've sort of, I've skipped the nut of it. So this was, this was made in 1962, and Ursula Nordstrom and, was the editor of Maury Sendak, and they came up with this idea for a little library. So it would be a little box with four little, little tiny books in it. And they would all be by Maury Sendak, written and illustrated the whole shebang, limited color palette, and just four little stories. And Pierre was just one of those little stories. But thanks in large part, I think, to Carol King, uh, I believe this is one of the catchier, more memorable books in there. Partly because somebody gets eaten. Yeah. Yeah. This is part, by the way, of a long, a long tradition in which protagonists in picture books get eaten. This kid deserves it. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. There was actually a picture book that came out this year, uh, or is about to come out this year, uh, called uh, I Ate My Friend. Aww. So It's very sad. It's a little monster. He ate his friend, and now Aww. he's looking for a new friend because he ate his friend. Aww. I think you might be able to see where the twist is coming. He finds a friend. And then he eats it? No, the friend eats him. Ooh. It's the last shot is of his friend saying, I ate my friend. Aww. It's Australian. It makes sense. Aww. Yeah. What? It's, what? it's good then. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I should say that uh, Maurice Sendak, yeah, I'm, you know, very fond of this. And the, the thing is, he seemed to, at this point in these books, Chicken Soup with Rice, uh, Pierre, and uh, one was Johnny. He, he draws a little boy in each one of those, and they all look exactly the same! Except sometimes they have shoes. But okay. not Pierre. Which I, that may another be another problem with Pierre. I mean, his parents don't even give him a pair of shoes. Well, he came right out of bed. And then they were like, okay, we're going to go to town. Wearing like a blue suit. It was, well, the video I watched was, he, it was orange and then he changes to Oh, really? Blue. Oh, see, they were put, they were filling in the details in that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, sorry, there are plot holes Because, I mean, if, if he to, gets like, out of bed, that, that makes sense that he's barefoot. Because yeah. now he doesn't want to put on shoes. Well, then, he doesn't want to go to town because exactly. he doesn't put on shoes. Yeah, So exactly. maybe that was the whole reason he didn't want to go to town. Yeah, that makes or sense. Or maybe he just didn't care. So the question is, and this comes up, so I actually read this aloud once in a story time. There were audible gasps when that lion ate Pierre. Like, parents in the audience were shocked that I was reading a book in which a lion ate the protagonist. Um, but they were, and I sang that thing. That's how I read it. I read it as a song. Um, and I regret nothing. Because it's hard to do in a big group because it's such a teeny tiny. That it is very hard to do for a large group. Unless you have, like, a projector right. showing the pages on a wall or something. So here's my question to you. The danger of reading this book to kids is that they will suddenly pick up the phrase, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So do you read it to your kids? I wouldn't. I mean, do you read it if they've already I mean, passed that point? Because then you're teaching the cute? lesson, like... Okay, this is a bad kid who it can't be disciplined except by a lion who eats him. Right. So, so you obey need... your parents, kids, or you'll get eaten by a lion. That makes no sense. Well, no kid is going to be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Story checks out. <laughs> totally agree. Going to go clean my room now. What? Because I'm afraid a lion is going to eat I'm not me. asking you to clean your room. I'm just saying don't say I don't care. But, of course, if you don't already have that phrase in your lexicon... You may learn it from the book. I mean, it's almost as bad as the kid who asks why all the time. Well, that I don't mind. We're going to go to town. Why? Because we're going to do this. Why? Because it has to do. Why? Like, 
Kids, yeah. There are plenty of kids who just say it just to be annoying. Just sure. like he was saying, I don't care to be annoying. Yeah, you, you, there are kids who do it to be annoying. But I still think it's a good question. I'm not going to shut down the why. Though it is funny that we don't have a Pierre equivalent of the why in a picture book. Hey, gap in the marketplace. You and me, baby, we're writing that one. And we'll call it Why. Huh? I like the way you think. Yeah, yeah, it's a catchy yeah. title. <laughs> Book writes itself. <laughs> awesome. Oh, confusingly, just to make our lives difficult, uh, Sandak worked on another book called Pierre in his lifetime. It was a very different Pierre. Um, it was by Herman Melville. Uh, do you have, do you uh, Moby Dick? There you go! Yeah, Moby Dick fame, who wrote a book called Pierre. You know, I read all of Moby Dick except for the last 50 pages. What? Yeah, I know. So you don't even know how it ends. Yeah, I for know. all you know, they're just... No, I had to do a cliff notes for like the last 50 pages because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Really? I really can't. If you had... Look, dude, if you got through like <laughs> the my favorite scene in that book, which is the squeezing of the sperm. Right. Which is the best scene in the entire book. And the whale penis. Okay. If you can make it through all the siege stuff and you I mean, why we're, we're give tying up this at back to Maurice pages. Sendek with like the penises and the in the night kitchen. Oh well and, actually, yeah. speaking of penises, let's go back to that Pierre there. So um yeah, so here's an image. I'm just gonna show you one little image here from Pierre. What? Yeah, dude. Is that Pierre as a man? Uh I'm not sure who that guy is for all we or know. He could be Superman. I was gonna say, is that Superman? It looks a little bit like Superman, but yeah, that that's tush. um. Well, there's a lot of tushes in this book. Uh, there's a lot of nudity. What's in this that book, book called? It's called Pierre. Yeah, I'm gonna find that. Yeah, it's by Melville, <laughs> illustrated by Sandek, and uh, lots of nudity. So if y'all have already thought to yourself, like, I like Maury Sandek, but I wish there were more adult nudes. Uh, now <laughs> you can find out for yourself. Um, I was delighted, by the way. You're not familiar with the works of uh, Amanda Palmer. I take it. I've heard her name. She's is she married to Neil Gaiman? Yeah, she is now, yes. Okay. Um, but she used to be part of a band called the Dresden Dolls, uh, and she performed. And I have the video, which I'll put in the show notes. Uh, she did perform Pierre. Huh. It is very near and dear to her heart, and it's a very straight version. It's just her on the piano, because you really—that's all you need for Pierre. Yeah. It's just a woman piano. It's I feel like in I your could range. Do that. I play piano. Yeah, you could totally do that. Yeah. What if I play piano, you sing, uh -huh. we take it on the road. Oh, I like it. <laughs> and we'll Carol to... Kane will sue the pants off us because she's not dead. Oh, right. Right, that thing. Right. So give it 20 years. Okay. Then we're taking this show on the road. We'll call it the Carol Kane show. The Car <laughs> we'll just call it Really Rosie and Kane Betsy. Not King, but Kane. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah, not King, but Kane. On the road. <laughs> and then Carol Kane will sue us. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we keep messing this up? Alright, so, ratings time. It comes so soon. Please. It comes so soon. This is not... This is not a good story. It's not. Yeah, you say that, and that song's gonna be freaking caught in your head as revenge. I, I mean, it's not... On the upside, it's not racist. <laughs> okay, that's a low bar. That's a low, low bar. But on the other hand, I mean, I, I can't... I, As you said, I mean, you if you read this book to a kid, won't they get I Don't Care? So I have read this book to a kid. Uh -huh. uh, to two kids, in fact. To um, your kids? My kids, uh -huh. who you would think would jump all over that. Uh, and in fact, uh, never even occurred to them. They did, like, occasionally, they'll do like the... No, not even. 
Not even. They just doesn't... They're too opinionated to not care about something? Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to imagine my children not caring about something. It is impossible. Yeah. So, yeah, this this is the antithesis of their very, you know... I, I, well, and also your kids aren't brats, so... This is true. I feel like if you have... I like, like to think that. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, if you, if, the, if you read this to an undisciplined kid... Sure. He might pick that up. But, you know, know thy kid. I I don't know. I'm not like a child psychologist. Well, I'm just saying, if you you have the kind of kid who would do that, don't read this book as a kid. Yeah. I think that's fair. You can self-select. I don't know. I didn't... I I was all for the lion. I mean... Well, I see no reason that that should be an impediment. I mean, it's not like the lion is punished. We're not... Again... What are you talking about? He got hit over the head by a chair. Yeah, but then he, like, And the woman is, like, hitting her... Person, and then he offers a ride. He's Come a lion. on, like he's a like the, doesn't do anything. He's for the sweetest. He never had to offer that ride. That ride was entirely his he's, idea. He is a gentleman, as I'm saying, and a scholar. And then he stays with them. Well, it's that the ending, the kappa on the book is that uh, the lion walks him home and stayed there as a weekend guest, I believe. What? That and was stayed on as a weekend guest. Yeah, no. Lion took them home to rest and stayed on as a weekend guest. The moral of Pierre oh, I is that share. Part. Okay, well then I can't even. <laughs> Wait, did you say share? Oh uh, no, it's care. Yeah, I'm I was sorry. Say, I got a little. I would love it if the moral of the story was share. Oh, share your Pierre. Okay. Oh no, wrong share. No, no. There is no such thing as a wrong share. Gypsies, She's all right. Traps and thieves. Yeah, Snap okay. out of it. I love that one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most delayed. We gotta work on that. Okay. Anyway, I'm giving it like a three. No, really? I'm giving it an eight. No, you're not. No, I am. Because Why? I have read this in story time and it kills. <sighs> and I love any book that's subversive and has the main character get eaten for any... And this is the best of all the books where the main character gets eaten. Pierre is the tippy top. It's simplicity itself. It's so hard to write a simple really simple picture book, especially one that can be set to music. And Maurice Enoch managed it, and just very simple palette. It's really to the point. It's funny. It's good. I'm eight. I'm strong eight. A strong eight. Strong that mean, eight. That means it's just barely a class. Oh, what a weird coincidence. <clears throat> Amazing. Uh, we're going to call this the toe over the line All right. Classic. It's a toe over the line send egg. But as I recall, did in the night kitchen did that was that we we did we declare that a classic or not? I don't know. I'm gonna check the tape. All right, check the tape. <laughs> All right, but this is clearly a toe over the line classic. It's close. All right, toe over the line. Boop boop boop. I mean, have we had we've had books right where I think it's a classic and you don't? Oh yeah, definitely. That have actually yes, there have been that have gotten their toe over the line too. So turns about fair play, bird. Awesome. All right. Well, that brings us to letters time. Woohoo! Yay! Listener mail. Okay. So you already took away uh, my my reveal that Andrea Sarumi uh, made that fantastic picture of us, but we have one other piece of listener mail, and this comes from Anne, and she says this was in reaction to our last one about Little Black Sambo. All right. Uh huh. All right. All right. Brace yourself. Uh huh. That's it. I'm going to whine, and not for diversity's sake. I've been addicted to your writing about Kidlet since way back on Amazon. This is a reference to the fact I used to put my reviews on Amazon, which I still do, but sorry. Okay. My deaf self is unhappy with your embrace of podcasts. Can we have a transcript every once in a while? 
Yeah. So she went on to explain that she would, for certain topics, she's like, I wonder what the thoughts are on that, but I'm deaf and I can't listen to your podcast. So, so, so the poet, uh, John Rybicki, mm-hmm. used to give me, he, he would teach kids in inner city schools and he would tape record it. Mm-hmm. And then he would give me those tapes and I would transcribe everything that happened well, on that the tape. That takes a long time. Isn't there like a transcription service or app or something that we can do uh, that would be faster? Well, one, you'd probably have to pay for it, and two, mm-hmm. it won't guarantee that it picks up everything correctly. Well, sure, but you can, like, then go through it. And, and then it, it, pro- it wouldn't know which voice is which, also, so... <laughs> because we sound so much so alike. So I'm, like, wondering what it would, like, even... It would just be the text, but you can just go in afterwards and put in the names, even. But I, I mean, type it's still fast, too, so... Could you, though? I, I don't know. If, I've had bad luck with transcription. Can you ask her if there's, like, specific episodes she wants transcribed, and I'll do it? Okay, I'll ask her. Uh, that's very I, I, I can't do it for every episode. Yeah, and I don't think she wanted every episode. She but, just said there were certain But I could do it for Little Black Sample, for sure. Yeah, that was what she wondered. So. Yeah. Aw. Kate's sweet. Yeah, no, I don't mind. And much nicer than me. All right. Very cool. <laughs> All right, so there you go. We but... need to keep our listeners, Betsy. I know, I know. <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes. Well, you know, she's not a listener, but she would like to be, so there you go. And I know a little sign language if I ever meet her someday. I know, you totally do. And I didn't know how to, like, I didn't bring that up with her, but it... I did. It, it, it occur it's, to me. Well, it's not yeah. a lot. I can, I can. No, I know you actually can do very basic. Yeah, you can do well, quite a lot. Like, yeah, like bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Margarita. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, is that really Margarita? Wine, beer. The oh. important words, Betsy. See, out of the closet. This does very... not. This does not translate to radio. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off. Okay. Right all, right. all right. Grown up things we like. Right. Grown up things we like. Oh. Okay, so uh, we mentioned last episode that I went to Orlando. Yes! Which was a nice little vacation. Mm-hmm. It was muchly needed. Um, and we, I went with our, I don't know what you're calling him this oh, week. Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about the thaumaturge and part-time necromancer? Did you say necromancer? Yeah, it went with the thaumaturge, so I figured it, it would be a good uh, job right. for him. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah. At him. Uh, that mm-hmm. guy. He's part-time. Sounds <laughs> I think he's a full-time necromancer. He's not crazy. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I went with um. You know, I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna call him the penguinologist because I like that one. I think thaumaturge would work per- <laughs> so, perfectly well. Anyway, so we went to uh, Orlando uh, and we went to um, Universal mm-hmm. and Disney World because yeah. I've never been to Orlando and I wanted to see both. Mm-hmm. And he worked on the uh, Harry Potter experience in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool to see what he's done. And I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. And he's a Gryffindor. And sorry, folks, I'm a Slytherin. So I had to uh, support my peeps out there. <laughs> what up, Slaz? And, uh, and I wore this scarf that had, like, the Slytherin crest on it. And uh, when you walk past the, the triple-decker bus with the guy with the yeah, talking the small head. Bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He saw me and he was like, watch out for this one. She's going to steal the money out of your pockets. And I was Aww. like... I'm not going to see that. Stop. <laughs> but no, it was it was a whole lot of fun. I went on rides that were terrifying. I don't do roller coasters, so yeah, yeah. only the Harry Potter rides are about as thrilling as I can get. <laughs> and there's a cool train that goes between uh, the two, uh, Hogsmeade and, and... Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And that then, and fun. then uh, you, uh, that was at Universal and then Disney World. Yeah, I got to do uh, Animal Kingdom and Epcot mm-hmm. and Magic Kingdom and it was, yeah. That I, sounds so like a really fun vacation. If you get the chance to go to Orlando, go check it out because I didn't realize how cool it is. I've been to Orlando <laughs> and seen their convention center. 
And that was it. You know, our hotel was right across the street from the convention center, and they kept on saying it's the uh, second largest convention center. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. It, it, it sure felt like it at the it, time. Yeah, we, we were told about it a lot when we sat through our two-and-a-half-hour timeshare meeting. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you did that. Yeah. Well, just think of it, if, if it's any comfort, uh, the only thing that can beat sitting through a timeshare thing was I accidentally walked around that entire conference center trying to find my entrance, which um, I did... Three quarters of that thing, uh, and it you was. You got your steps in. I got my burns in. That's what I got, <laughs> and I was super red afterwards. So uh, yeah, I would have much rather sat in the cooling, air conditioned room of a timeshare uh, selling. Yeah. Actually, no, I wouldn't. Actually, no, I'd rather. Get I kept on there. arguing with the guy, and he. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, just just shut them I down. I couldn't help him, man. He was down. he was he was giving examples that made no sense, no, and I called him no, out on it. And he hated down. that even more. See, that's that's how you stay there a long time. <sighs> Yeah. All right, my grown-up thing I like um, is a strange thing. Um, So uh, we've talked before about The Good Place. Yes. Um, Have you watched all of all of I have all of the 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 episodes and everything? Season two, everything. Okay. So as have I. And I saw that a bookstore had made a display of um, Chidi's picks. Um, and it's it's all. Did you take a picture? I did. Well, I have the picture because it was on Twitter. Oh. And so, and it's all books that Chidi recommends throughout the series, you know. Like what? Do- what we owe each other, you know, all those things. Right, and right. Hume and Plato and uh-huh. Aristotle, you know, all that stuff. And so I have replicated that in my library. Um, so we have the exact same Chidi Picks uh, thing in my library right now. I am convinced not a single book will move off of this display because unless... But it's going to make people smile right, when they see it and they've seen the show. Unless yeah. you're a big philosophy person. Unless you were, like, thinking to yourself, I what is David Hume really like? Yeah, no. You really need like, to uh, look into my moral ethics and yeah. what it means to me. Yeah. I put on the bottom, like, the, you know, why philosophy will change your life, like, those kind of books. But for the most part, it's things he's actually You should take a picture of it and then tweet at it to uh, the actor who... Plays him, or oh, true. You, or you could tweet at to Kristen Bell because she's a Midwestern girl and she might like. This is that. true. Well, but I know that the previous one um, in the bookstore probably it, it went viral, so I know oh, that okay. they, they've already know. They already know. Sorry. I'm just a, I'm just a knockoff. But uh, <laughs> but my fellow librarians have been very amused by it, so that was really my goal all along. Okay, so, cool. You know, mission accomplished. Cool. Ah, oh, so there we go. We had a very light, fluffy, teeny tiny book. That shouldn't be a classic, but somehow is. Is completely a classic and deserves it all the way. Yes, Not really. That's what, you, that's what you meant to say. <laughs> nope. But uh, uh-uh. I'm glad I was able to interpret your Not words really. for the public. At all. Because you can't seem to Didn't happen. get them in the right Not order. Qu- Not quite. Yeah. Yeah. That's our thing. Okay. All right. And I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8, that's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Gibbons Kime, and our thaumaturge and part-time necromancer is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. <laughs>